submit your questions to screamqueercast at gmail.com or by submitting them to the Instagram at screamqueerpodcasts and catch new episodes every Tuesday morning wherever podcasts are streamed. Remember to rate and subscribe. Welcome to the Scream Queer Podcast with Ralph Anthony. The following content contains topics describing graphic violence, strong sexual content, explicit language, and elements that may not be suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back in. Oh my god, you guys. California and the surrounding areas being affected by these crazy storms. I hope if you live in these areas that you are staying safe and dry and that you have access to the resources that you all need. As someone who lives in California, I can say that it has been pretty crazy. Thankfully, I have not experienced the major, major fallout from these storms. Uh, Where I live, it seems to be quite elevated. So there's not really any flooding going on here. But oh my god, people who live in the San Francisco area or by LA or any of those areas that are flooding... My heart is with you guys. I hope you guys continue to stay safe and continue to have access to the resources that you guys need to stay safe. It is no joke, you guys. It seems like it's been raining since the beginning of the year and it hasn't really stopped. I believe there's only been about three or four sunny days and it's just, it's crazy. It is so crazy. Before I kick off today's episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to my listeners in Belgium and in Mexico. I fucking appreciate you all so much for your new and continued support. I also want to give a shout out to those of you who submitted your horse sex stories or just regular horror stories, regular sex stories, or even paranormal stories. I posted a little message box on my Instagram asking for those, and you guys fucking delivered. It was pretty fucking difficult to choose which one to do first. So if you've submitted one, don't worry. I will be sharing your story if it's on the next episode or if I do a whole entire episode dedicated to these these encounters. Just know that it's going to get shared. A cat to copy. The 1996 film Scream revolves around two teenagers who go on a killing spree that subverted famous horror movie tropes. It begins with the murder of a high school girl portrayed by Drew Barrymore and centers on a classmate portrayed by Nev Campbell whose mother was brutally murdered. 
For 17-year-old Mario Padilla, this was the template he would use for his sinister plan, which would appear to be glaringly similar. Inspired by the 1996 film Scream and its sequel Scream 2, Mario would convince his 14-year-old cousin Samuel Ramirez to help him execute his plan. They executed their plan on January 13th of 1998. Using four knives and a screwdriver, Mario would end up stabbing his mother Gina Castillo to death while his cousin Samuel held her down. My son, he's 16. He just stabbed me, said Gina during the 911 call. I, I, I'm bleeding. Uh, I'm bleeding. Although Compton Superior Court Judge John Chorosky prohibited any mention of the Scream franchise at trial, the two killers had admitted to their influence prior to the arrest. Preliminary hearings revealed that Mario had also targeted a classmate who resembled Drew Barrymore, plus sharing more gruesome details about what they had planned. The crime had been planned for years. The boys planned to buy a pair of ghostface costumes and electronic voice changers to conceal their identities made famous by the franchise. I have been watching television since the age of seven, said Mario. It is ironic how people say, do not let your kids watch TV at that age, because it really does affect them. All I would do is fantasize how to do things I couldn't do. The teens allegedly had stolen $150 in baptismal gifts for Mario's mother's one-month-old daughter, while also planning to kill her husband, Pedro Castillo. Police arrived before they could execute that plan, also finding evidence that they had planned on murdering five other people. Convicted of first-degree murder and five counts of conspiracy to murder, Mario was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, while Samuel was sentenced to 25 years to life. The American Psycho Michael Hernandez was 14 years old when he murdered his best friend, Jamie Goh. Both boys attended Southwood Middle School in Palmetto Bay, Florida. There was no evident indication of bad blood between the two boys prior to the assault. Luring Jamie into a restroom before class, Michael would end up slitting Jamie's throat, then stab him over 40 times. Michael would hide the knife in his backpack, then calmly walk back to class as if it were a normal day. Jamie's body was found within minutes. Meanwhile, a teacher spotted blood on Michael and called the police immediately. Michael would admit to modeling his crime after American Psycho after being arrested and charged with first-degree murder. American Psycho, released in 2000, follows a handsome, young urban professional, Patrick Bateman, played by Christian Bale, 
who lives a second life as a gruesome serial killer by night. The ensemble cast is filled by the detective Willem Dafoe, the fiancé Reese Witherspoon, the mistress Samantha Mathis, the co-worker Jared Leto, and the secretary Chloe Savini. The film is considered a dark comedy that examines the elements that make a man a monster. Based on the titular Bret Easton Ellis novel, American Psycho mocked the overt indulgence, racism, and superiority complex of privileged Wall Street brokers in the 1980s. With superficiality controlling their lives, characters mistake each other for different people as everyone looks the same in their twisted culture. After Michael's arrest, authorities searched his computer hard drive. In the hard drive, they found a text file listing Jamie and another friend named Andre Martin as victims. Michael's internet search history was also analyzed. Michael had spent the days before the murder searching macabre and gruesome illustrations of dead people, baby killers in Australia, and a number of reviews of the film American Psycho. The film's satirical elements had inspired Michael when he stabbed his black friend to death. His search history also included reviews of hip-hop albums, brainwashing, bomb-making, and an instruction manual titled, How to Kill Someone. His racism was further exposed by comments he had made in prison upon being sentenced to life on November 7, 2008. Michael would be heard complaining to a cellmate that America had become too overly politically correct. He praised American neo-Nazi David Duke and stated, It wouldn't be like that if we had David Duke as president. DIY Exorcism William Fredkin's The Exorcist, released in 1973, is often deemed one of the scariest movies of all time. From hardcore horror fanatics to Hollywood's top film critics, the film is considered a true horror classic. The film tells the terrifying story of a little girl possessed by a demon named Pazuzu. As the demon grows stronger within, the characteristics and actions of this little girl are unimaginable. Having been filmed with realism in mind, it was never meant to be taken as an actual fact. On February 12, 1980, Patricia Ann Frazier caught a primetime airing of the 1973 film The Exorcist, Having been broadcast in an edited-for-TV version on CBS, Patricia hadn't even seen the explicit version when it led her to commit murder. The 34-year-old Wichita Falls, Texas woman would spend her next 10 days in absolute terror. As the days gone on, Patricia began to suspect something was off with her 4-year-old daughter. Her suspicions eventually led her to believing her daughter was possessed. In her thoughts, Patricia needed to save herself and the world from demons. This would lead Patricia to cut the heart out of her four-year-old daughter. Following the arrest, local jurors failed to reach a verdict in Patricia's initial trial that November. Her attorneys had argued that she truly believed her four-year-old daughter 
was possessed by demons. During a retrial in June of 1981, jurors were shown The Exorcist. After viewing, the jurors leaned more in Patricia's favor, believing her. I can't think of a more appropriate situation than this for an insanity defense, said Rusty Duncan, Patricia's attorney. She was crazy as hell when she committed the offense. District Attorney Tim Eisen claimed Patricia had planted her seeds of lies in everyone's head, alleging that Patricia had a history of child abuse allegations, accusing her of beating her child and was searching so desperately to be free from the responsibilities of motherhood, so desperately that she sliced her own daughter open. The jurors weren't convinced. The trial lasted for more than a year. In the end, Patricia was found innocent by reason of insanity and placed in the care of her mother rather than a mental institution. When I was 22, I was browsing around on Grindr, the gay dating app. I found this guy that looked like a country skater version of Henry Cavill. He sent me his address. I pull up to his house. I see broken down tractors, lawnmowers, and about three different vehicles all on cinder blocks in the front yard, which looked completely neglected. It felt like one of those situations. Those situations that as a gay black male... I should have just cut my losses and drove away. However, I was horny and my ex-husband and I were fighting, so I wanted to cheat. Not to mention, this hookup had a really big dick. So I walk up to the front door and the guy answers in nothing but gray sweatpants and had a joint in his mouth. I walk in. I see three of his buddies just sitting on the couch, smoking and playing video games. The three men looked exactly how I described the guy I was about to hook up with. Country. It was beginning to look like I just walked into a house where I was definitely going to be a victim of a hate crime. These thoughts occurred not only because I was gay, but because I was black as well. I definitely should have left, but again, I was horny, mad at my husband, and wanting to cheat. So I end up going back to this guy's room. Immediately as I walk in, I see a Wolf of Wall Street poster opposite of his bed, two deer heads on a different wall, a wall full of MAGA merch, and hanging directly above his bed, a Confederate flag. Now I really should have left, but I didn't. I figured I was either going to get lynched or get some really good toxic dick. Before we started, he asked me what I was into. I told him I was into degradation, 
so we began. Things were actually going really well. I was very much enjoying myself. He wasn't being quiet about anything, so I definitely wasn't either. Right as things start to ramp up, he starts talking. He starts degrading. He drops the worst possible racial slur right as I was coming. Chokes me, spits in my face, looks me directly in the eyes and says, Yeah, you like that, don't you? Then proceeded to add another racial slur in there. When I tell you I busted the absolute hardest nut... After we finished, I grabbed my clothes, said thank you, left, then blocked him. It was so toxic. It was some of the best dick I have ever had. But my ancestors were not happy with me that night. I was living in a small town when I was 22, which was about 45 minutes from a military base. I had moved away for college, so I was alone. Aside from some friends, I really didn't have anyone I was really close with. I am gay and tend to use the gay dating app Grindr on those lonely nights. While out at a grocery store or even around town, I kept running into this guy. There was something about him that I was so attracted to. It could have been his piercing green eyes, beautiful brown skin, or just the fact he was in uniform. I would run into him quite often. Sometimes it was really creepy. Like I'd turn around and he'd be down the aisle, or as I was walking into the store, he would just be in a car sitting. Could have been coincidence, but I felt uneasy and flattered all at once. I have no idea how long this was happening before I even noticed. After a few days of this, I realized that he had reached out via Grinder. His profile stated he was 27, into everything, and DL. We began to talk for a few days, then he asked to meet up. We met at a hotel off of the freeway. We talked some more, for the most part, he was really charming, sweet. Then at some point, he became unattractively upfront and very aggressive. He mentioned he was DL, married, and expecting a child from his high school sweetheart. He was looking for a way out, but until he could find one, he was, as he put it, doing what needed to be done. Not really wanting to go through with it anymore, he started to sweet-talk me, then pulled me toward him. He started to kiss me, undress me, then bent me over and started to eat my ass. I felt horrible, but I couldn't stop. As we both got into it more intensely, he began fucking me. When I tell you he moved so smoothly, it was gentle yet aggressive. His body was amazing and the penis was next level. He then wanted me to fuck him, so we switched. As I was in him, he was moaning really loud. He felt really hot inside and the veins all over his body were bulging. I had never really seen anything like that before. As things started to intensify, he began planting his thumbs into my Adam's apple. Then with intense pressure, he rubbed them around my neck. Then he slapped me. He slapped me in the face so hard my ears were ringing. I stopped, backed away. He got up, grabbed me, and threw me face first onto the bed. He began fucking me again, putting all of his body weight on me. I felt so disoriented. 
I noticed blood from where my face planted when he threw me. I yelled for him to get out of me and stop. I went into the bathroom and seen I had a bloody nose. I found it difficult to stop the bleeding. When it stopped, I felt disgusting and went to put my clothes on, gathered my things, and left. Thinking back, I remember seeing him from the corner of my eye. This guy just watched me. He masturbated while watching me. Aid to my bloody nose. He had said nothing to me, even as I was leaving. On occasion, I would run into him, but I usually would avoid him. He would message me things on Grinder, like, What's wrong? I want you again? So I blocked him. One night, as I was about to go to bed, I realized I had left my phone charger in my car. I lived in an apartment complex, so I felt pretty safe. As I'm walking up to my car, I see a pink post-it note saying, Call me. With the number. I didn't call the number. These notes continued. Please talk to me. I want to be inside you again. I wish I was making this up, but these started to really scare me. Then one night, I returned to my apartment after a dinner date with the date. We were really big Breaking Bad fans, so we cuddled up to binge. It was a breezy night, so I had my windows open. Then we heard the sound of someone walking on gravel. The apartments I used to live had gravel in certain areas. There was an area by my bedroom window, which had gravel. We dismissed the noise the first time, but we kept hearing it. What child would be out playing this late? I go into my room, which has a clear view of the couch where we were sitting, to check it out. When I tell you I felt lightheaded by what I had seen, I see two pairs of legs outside my window, my blinds were covering the top half of the body so I couldn't make out who it was. I called for my complex manager thinking she was evaluating something outside, but then again, why would she be out this late? The legs didn't move. I threatened to call the police, going back out into the living room to grab my phone. I then hear a car speeding off. My date and I both hear scraping and see flashes of light out the front window. Whoever was speeding off was flying over the speed bumps, creating sparks. A few days had passed. I never reached out to the authorities. I hadn't seen the grinder hookup. I was living uncomfortably and paranoid. While eating outside at my favorite lunch spot one day, I hear the chair next to me pull out. Sitting next to me was my grinder hookup. He asked me, So why are you avoiding me? I'm frozen in complete shock and fear. I ask him, have you been following me? He smiles. When I tell you his smile was so beautiful, his dimples were gorgeous, he was gorgeous, but he was fucking psycho. I followed up with, if you don't leave me alone, I will have to get the cops involved. Please leave me alone. I gathered my belongings and left. As I'm walking away, he responds with, dead fucking faggot. I ended up moving two months later. I was young and really dumb but I know if I had kept messing around with this guy, he probably would have killed me. Officers are barricaded somewhere. I'm in the classroom, boys. I'm 
Watch him, mother. 2022, a mass shooting occurred at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, who was a former student at the school, shot 19 students and two teachers while also wounding 17 others. Earlier in the day, he had shot his grandmother in the face while at home. She was severely wounded. Before entering the school, he fired shots for approximately five minutes before entering. Armed with an AR-15 style rifle, he would enter the school through an unlocked side entrance door. He shut himself inside two adjoining classrooms without locking the doors. He then killed the victims inside and remained in the school for more than an hour. Bypassing a number of local and state officers that reportedly had been on campus and in the school's hallways for over an hour, the United States Border Patrol Tactical Unit fatally shot and killed the gunman. The 911 call you just heard was made by 10-year-old Chloe Torres. She would later reveal that the gunman Salvador Ramos did not fire at random when he shot 19 children and two adults. The 10-year-old was in class with her teacher Irma Garcia when the shooting happened. The teacher would be shot and killed while trying to protect the students in the class, including Chloe. She also revealed that the gunman walked around the class and shot at everyone he could see before looking at Chloe. She remembers, He shot the girl next to me. I didn't want to say anything, but I didn't want him to come over and shoot me, so I stayed quiet. He came back and shot her again because she wouldn't be quiet. The gunman would then move over to the classroom connected to Chloe's and begin to fire away. She sprinted into the classroom next to hers after the gunfire came to a halt, stating, It's hard because there were bodies everywhere. In her attempts to get help, Chloe's 911 calls started 40 minutes prior. 40 minutes prior to the cops waiting in hallways and outside of Robb Elementary School finally stormed in to help. I just want to discuss and go over this 911 call for a second. Can you just imagine what thoughts were racing through this 10-year-old girl's mind during all of this? And it's just really heartbreaking and frustrating to know that these authorities who we look to in times of crisis were completely helpless during this crisis and for this little girl to make multiple 911 calls and to not 
get help for at least 40 minutes is just so mind-boggling to me. And it's really hard for me to wrap my head around the whole situation. And that really calls back to why all of the parents were so outraged and so angry. We live in such a ugly world where we always have to be either looking over our shoulders or planning points of escape when we are out. And if you are out there, I'm not saying to live in fear. What I'm saying is just to be careful, whether it's going on a date, whether it's meeting up with a stranger, or just simply going to watch a movie. We live in a world where now we need to be aware of our surroundings and who is around us more than ever. Let's go ahead and get into today's questions. Thank you again to those of you who continue to submit juicy questions for me and for my guest host to answer. Keep them coming. So question number one, how do you keep a person wanting more of you, sexual and non-sexual? I, I believe sexually... I'm sure I've mentioned this prior, but just to keep things spicy and fresh, like I said, com- communication is always key and it's always, sh- it always should be top priority in a healthy relationship. So to keep it spicy, like try, try incorporating food. I'm not talking about sticking zucchinis and cucumbers up your girl's vagina or up your man's asshole. I'm talking about like, obviously sex toys, you can do vibrators, men can get those pocket pussies, flesh lights, or flesh jacks. Uh, just if you want to do like sex swings and I've always wanted to try a sex swing. I want like, can you imagine having a sex swing in your fucking room? Like how fucking rad would that be? I think my only thing would be that if I get on it, will it fucking break the ceiling? (laughs) I really am just, that's like my biggest concern. I don't care about being judged about it. I just care about it ruining my fucking ceiling or getting injured. But... (laughs) but yeah like try try new things try having sex on the car try having sex in public try if you guys are really really comfortable with yourselves and each other maybe bring in someone else i'm too fucking jealous to even think about having a threesome i want all the attention or i want to give my attention to just one person uh i'm all but never say never uh non-sexual uh just keep things fresh keep keep whoever on their toes like if you're funny just make them laugh uh just try and be there as much as possible i know we all get busy in our everyday lives but there's no excuse and there really should be that time put aside for one another so i mean maybe role play pretend you guys are just meeting go on dates and be like 
I sound so fucking corny right now, but I'm just I'm just throwing ideas out there because what might be corny to someone might be you know useful to someone else. So I mean, go on dates and pretend like you guys don't know each other or uh, just just do fun things whether that's reading together, watching movies together, playing video games together, getting a dog together, having a baby together. Just just keep things fun and and fresh and that's <laughs> those are my 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 best ideas to keeping things fresh but my life's a mess so i i'm not good with that kind of stuff let's move on shall we what type of positions do you think a man would like parentheses not gay oh so you this must be from a heterosexual woman i'm assuming hey girl uh i was doing my research um last year when i had my guest host on and we were talking about squirting and i i know guys like to watch when their girls are riding their dicks reverse cowgirl so they can see their ass bouncing and their vagina going over their dicks um but so reverse cowgirl one and that also you have I read, I'm not saying it's fact. It could be like a study or it just could be a theory, but women allegedly have a higher chance of squirting in the reverse cowgirl position. So just take note of that, okay? But uh, I I think it's, when I do watch straight porn, because sometimes I do watch straight porn to get off, and my favorite position to watch is when they're both laying down and the guy's behind her and her leg is up in the air and his dick is like obviously going in her and i don't know why i just think that position is so hot like it just looks so fucking hot but um another interesting position this is if you're into more like like dominance if you're the male and you want your female to be more dominant okay so this position where the guy he's basically missionary and and yeah he's in, he's the one in missionary and his dick is kind of like pushed out and the girl has the dick in her vagina and the way she's moving is it's as if she's the one who has the dick and she's the one fucking him but he just has his dick like it looks so like interesting and kind of hot like i'm not gonna lie (laughs) it looks really hot i don't know what that one's called so if you guys are listening and you know what that position is called and you know what i'm talking about please let me know asap but let's move on uh what are non-negotiables for you in a relationship something you absolutely will not put up with uh most definitely close-mindedness uh not into horror and one thing that i have been seeing a lot of is a lot of hate towards people who play video games and i don't quite understand what that is from i mean i i play video games myself my dad plays video games as a 50 plus year old man 
And I know tons of people who play video games and I, I don't see the hate on it. Like I've seen some, some guys and girls are, they're just like, Oh, I can't ever be with someone who plays video games. That's just like a waste of time and blah, blah, blah. It's not, it's not a waste of time. Like why, why are you so pressed about what someone is doing in their free time? I mean, if they don't have a job and they don't do anything with themselves and they're just at home from the moment they wake up until the time they go to bed playing video games, unless they get paid for it, unless they're getting paid for it, I I, I don't see what the big problem is. I mean, as long as they're spending time with you, as long as they're giving you that attention it shouldn't be an issue because that's their time to do whatever they want it's like you reading a book it's like you doing makeup tutorials it's like you on social media it's like you what other hobbies are there going to the gym it's like you just doing the stuff that you like to do that's so non-negotiables for me are people who hate people who play video games (laughs) yeah i like i i i don't get that like let people you know do what they want to do like and some video games are like reading a fucking book hello the last of us great story there so i've been having mother-in-law drama i love mine but every time i'm around her she's so negative therefore i don't really like being around her but when we are around she's just complaining about how we never come around like girl get a fucking grip what should i do well um have you ever set your mother-in-law not set have you ever pulled your mother-in-law aside and maybe talk to her how you how you feel and how it's not it's not pleasant to be around them because this is gonna this sounds so repetitive but it is so true we don't have to be around people who don't benefit us in a positive way i don't care if it's blood i don't care if it's a parent i don't care we don't have to put up with people's just ugliness for the sake of keeping peace because it's not peaceful for us in the end we're dealing with negative like shit over and over and over but just pull her aside try talking to her i know a lot of the older generation i'm not coming for anybody who's like over 60 70 but what i do what i must say is a lot of the thinking back then like my grandparents who are both no longer here on my dad's side uh, they were very traditional thinking and and not progressive but so like a, a lot of that mentality is outdated and we need to talk to them and be more open and I mean, if your mother-in-law doesn't accept that, then I don't know. Maybe talk to you, talk to your husband or your wife 
and see how they feel about the whole situation. But I, I really don't think that you should have to put up with that negative energy. And maybe when they do make those little smart comments, you can be like, no, that's not true. Like, I want to be around you. But every time I am around you, you're just not pleasant to be around. Like, it, it's really draining. And I think these people need to be made aware that they're fucking draining. And if you do tell them and they take it a completely different way and are all bent out of shape about it, then there's your answer. There's your fucking answer. We do not have to put up with people we don't want to be around because it is just, it's so, you got one life. You hear that? You got one life. And if we keep wasting it, trying to please people who don't even deserve our time and our energy, then we have bigger issues. So I hope that helped. And I hope like all of that gets worked out for you. Let's go ahead and wrap up today's episode. I love you all so fucking much. And until next time, I will talk to you guys on the next episode. Bye. and express on this episode's cases and stories are of those involved and not of the Scream Queer podcast.